Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss the metaverse, spice, and Halloween. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. All right, Ryan, we're back. It's been too long. We got a lot to talk about. This is no joke. Yeah, we said that we would, uh, we would cut this scheduling nonsense out, but it didn't. It, it, it wasn't meant to be. You know what? Uh, you know, it's uh, life comes at you fast, as they say. I was so um, busy know. with Dune that mm. I couldn't record. I was going to say, you know, one minute you're just a, you know, you're just a young boy on Caladan, you know, just learning uh, how to fight with Gurney Halleck and uh, learning, you know, all about the universe with uh, Doctor Yui. And the next thing you know, you're the God Emperor of Dune, and uh, <laughs> that's just how it, that's just how it, that's just how it be. You know what I mean? Yeah. One one day you're doing your thing. The next day you're doing your thing. Okay. There's no need for wordplay here. Uh, wordplay is a thing for uh, cattle and lovers. It's actually a. Uh, it's actually I'm paraphrasing the classic Gurney Halleck line. Uh, mood is a thing for cattle and love play. Just before him and Paul have a sick fight. Anyhow. I can't. I can't, honestly can't remember if that's in the book or not. But clearly, we're and obviously, Tony. I'm sure you feel the same way. Uh, we have Dune on our minds. You know. I mean, come on. Who 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 listens to this podcast didn't enjoy Dune? Raise your hand. I don't know which Tony. Which of the Tonys did not enjoy Dune? Well, I'll say this. Uh, you know, Leah Finnegan, uh, the editor in chief of Gawker, said it to me. Well, said not just to me personally, but to the Gawker team in the Gawker Slack. Uh, America has dune fever. <laughs> I would say, I would say that's true, and I have some theories about that. I guess we should preface this by saying that uh, Denis Villeneuve uh, directed a movie called Dune Part One, and was re- it was released in theaters and to HBO Max. Uh, but really, on... see it in theaters if at all possible to safely mm. do. You know, actually, though, I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to counter Ryan's bullshit. By saying, <laughs> I watched it on a TV, and it was fucking great, and I didn't need, I wasn't like, wow, this this uh, this uh, spice harvester, just, I can't, I just don't, it doesn't seem I big enough. I watched it twice on my gorgeous LG GX wow. with surround sound. Life's and, good. And LED, LED contextual lighting. I had yeah. a wonderful two viewings in that manner. However, yeah. Yeah, seeing it at the Alamo Draft House in an enormous screen and hearing the <sighs> oohs and ahs of a crowd. I hadn't been to a movie. I, I don't wait. Was that the first movie I saw? No, Spencer was no. the first movie I saw. That was wow. the second movie I saw since COVID, and it was it was so great to be back. The oohs and ahs of nerds, huge nerds who love worms, who love to talk about sandworms. Um, <laughs> so 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 here's what I'll say. I mean. I mean, I've already said. I mean, I'm sure you you've read all my tweets. I've been basically only tweeting about Dune for the most part for the last week. But you know, I am a. I first off, I'm a big Dune head, old school Dune head. I've I've read not all of the books, but I've read two and a, uh, three books, two and a half books, whatever. I mean, like, I need to I need to uh, finish Children of Dune, which I believe is the third book, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, 
but uh, read the read some of the books, so I'm f- pretty familiar with that uh, piece of it. I've obviously love and have obsessed over the David Lynch version of Dune, which David Lynch, I, I guess, is he disowned, but. David Lynch is, you know, he makes mistakes too, and 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 his mistake is disowning one of his best films. You know, I I got into Dune through Jodorowsky's Dune, the documentary. Then I went back and watched Lynch and said, "This isn't a bad movie." And then I read the book. I, that's no, I I think I saw the movie as a kid, and I was like, like young, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on? This is so insane!" And then I was like, "Oh, that's a book," and I got to read that. And then I read it, and I was like, "Okay, it makes a lot more sense." But it it still was like. I mean, to me, it started with the with the film, but I actually did started watching the documentary, and 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 uh, uh, I never finished it. It's not that it's not interesting; I find it very interesting. But like, it gets I, I guess wild at the end. Yeah, I guess I'm sort of like first of all, I'm kind of burnt on documentaries. To be very very real, yeah. Like, Netflix I, docu docu fatigue is a real thing. It's like I can only take so much real. Like I got real life coming at me twenty four seven, right? Like straight to my fucking face. Like I don't yeah. need also to experience more real life in the form of a film. Like if I'm gonna take an hour and a half to watch something, I want to. I really would like to not be dealing with reality. If it shouldn't at all possible. be planet Earth. <laughs> Like I'm not like I'm not gonna like check out Requiem for a Dream right now like in the current state of the world like I, I'm I, I need to like I mean and that actually brings us to bring us full circle anyhow so 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 I'm a big Dune fan and I had a lot of reservations about this Dune being something that I would enjoy partially because I don't this director to me Villeneuve is like hit or by, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right or not but he's kind of a hit or miss guy I think he's done some really interesting stuff. Uh, I, I, despite my, again, despite my reservations, I did enjoy Blade Runner 2049, though I have issues with it. Uh, but uh, but I will say with him, the issues or even the movies I, I think are creatively maybe failures, I no. find way more interesting than the vast majority of movies that I think have issues or have failures. Like, yes, he's definitely yes. a guy who takes chances. He's got balls. You I, know? I, well, and I'll say, I'll say, and I think an important thing that it should not be lost and i think is a major reason why we america and the world to some degree has dune fever is um we the, the, dune is the this movie is an adult it's in a movie for adults it is an adult movie and i don't mean that like it has a lot of like adult content though i mean in the sense of like it doesn't have like a ton of nudity or something the force awakens uh, is not an adult movie and adult star wars fans want an adult space opera and it didn't need to be dune but dune came at the right time and well, is very good on its own I, and i don't think it, i don't think it's just like i mean of course i, I don't want to we can't spend we'll be on we'll be doing a four-hour podcast if we talk about all of like why dune is important as a as a as a piece of of science fiction of course content of course. in the world but i will say there is no i mean there is no star wars without dune and like dune is like the the t- one of the tough things about dune is that it predates in so many ways and with so many big ideas the things that we all know that so well now that we're so familiar with that it's very hard to think of it being like feeling new to people and feeling like oh this is a story i haven't heard before and yet even though it contains so many of those like little nuggets of sci-fi uh culture tropes. and storytelling and tropes it still is in in so many ways such a different and original and weird ass story the way it is told and what i think and so anyhow so that getting back to the this film i had a lot of like my thought going into it was, I'm probably not going to like this, but I'm I want to I'm excited to see it because I, I maybe it will be, you know, really good or maybe it will be entertaining at the very least. And I think it 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 ex- exceeded my expectations. 
Um, and uh, but but I think that what was so striking to me is that it feels like in a movie, a movie that is made for adults. It is a heavy story. It is a it is not an action film. There are some sequences of action in it, but it, I would by no means uh, label this as an action film. If you are a a person who has enjoyed like the Marvel films, I do not think this movie works on the same level. Like maybe like I, you might like something like Civil War might get you close to like Civil War is like of the films that are the Marvel movies is somewhat of an adult film, but at the end of the day, it's still like. It's more Fair. than pure franchise. Yeah, but it's like it, it is this is not a superhero film. Yes. There are no heroes in it. There are no there are no uh I, there aren't like broad sort of like broad characterizations the way you see in a lot of modern movies. This is not a, a wham bang like you know a cr- incredible action sequence that ends the film like nothing like it's any of that shit. It's early Game of Thrones, not late stage Game of Thrones. Yeah, and it's and it's and listen, my and I would say that my number one gripe about this movie is that it feels like it needed to be, and this is true of David Lynch's movie too. It needed to be like twice as long, yeah, and like yes. it, which is which is essentially what what the director is saying is like that's what he wanted to do, and so he split this movie into two, and now there's going to be a second part. But in reality. Part one could be four hours yeah. or six hours. It should be a, a and giant there, series or a yes, sixteen-hour movie. Yes. I mean, it, game the Game of Thrones treatment. There is no better possible source material, in my opinion, for something that gets a great Game of Thrones treatment than than Dune. And like, it kind of is a, it kind of sucks. And there's this great account we actually wrote a, a little a blog post about on Input called Secrets of Dune that has been tweeting like pages from the script that they didn't do and like images from like scenes that were either shot and left on the cutting room floor or they didn't couldn't fit in for some reason like you know Josh Brolin's character uh Gurney Halleck there, there's this whole story about him in the in in the book about how he's like yes he's like this tough like military guy but he also plays he plays this you know like guitar instrument it has a name the bat the bat it's like a bat balustrade or something mm-hmm. and uh at balisette it's called a balisette and um and he does a song. He like he like sings a song. He actually and and by the way, that role is played by Patrick Stewart in the David Lynch movie. Which, and I believe he does play the ballast set in that film. But like, there's all this dimensionality to these characters that is not touched on. And there is a lot of and and if you haven't read Dune, one thing that you probably don't know is that it is a book, and it is very unusual in this way, where m- m- the characters that you meet. Not only are you like reading the interactions they're having with the other characters in the book, but much of the book is their inner dialogue with themselves and their inner sort of like their personal insights about things that are happening. And I was like really struck because so David Lynch in his film version has people you can literally hear their thoughts like they look at something and then you hear what they're thinking, which is basically how the book is written. Uh, except it's obviously supposed to be this kind of inner monologue going. And what it does is it gives you this whole different sensibility about certain things that are happening. Like there's a ton of politics and the and the way that the, the sort of like people are like, oh, well, he said this, but what he really means is this because of these historic things that have happened. And like it goes really, really fucking deep into like motivations and all of these like sort of subtleties of interaction. And so in the movie – when you've got two and a half hours to tell this sweeping, I mean, even the first part of it is a has sweeping 
bits of story, it's very, very hard to get to know any of the characters or any of their motivations. And so you get, and this is my main gripe, and this is a super fucking nerd gripe, but I'm going to gripe it anyway. Uh, you get, you know, just get a, a whiff of the actual story, you know? And, and I think for, I must, I feel like a lot of people must have watched this who are unfamiliar with the source material and been like, I enjoyed that, but like, I don't know if I got all of it, you know, like, I don't know what exactly what's going on here. Like, and I will say the way this movie ends is, I mean, I liked it. It's fucking weird. Like it is such a weird way to end a movie. Uh, like it feels like the ending of a, of a episode, the first episode of a ser a 10 part series on HBO. Yeah. Well, I, I think they definitely, I think they had to absorb people watch a lot more TV than they do movies nowadays. And I think they reabsorbed the way that Marvel's whole innovation was to be like, it's just a TV show. You're just going to go to the movies to see it and pay a lot of money. Um, right. It's like, we're going to do a 20 part TV show over, you know, $500 billion worth of <laughs> yeah. movie making. And yeah, over blackmail the greatest actors, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, it's insane. But I, it felt like they had to absorb a couple of the tricks from TV because they, it is a, to to most audiences, it is a new IP, um, a completely new world, right. something that they have zero interest in, and and a book that, although great, is not a mass market adoption. You know, it's not like a YA book like a Hunger Games that everyone can just no. page through. But I also think, you know, the themes of Dune are so relevant right now. Like the still suits. I mean, could you ask for a better pandemic allegory? You've got I mean, it really oligarchical is like capitalism. You've the got masks. I mean, I mean the the even spice itself and its and its similarity to the you know prices of medicine or like even um, like mental health care or or like um, it, it's just it's it, it's really interesting to me and and I think that that. In their translation to the screen for this modern audience in this release at this time, that uh, some of it had to be made a little more spoon feedy. Um, but I yeah. don't think that it hurts the movie. They do it in a way that I think it 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 feels effortless. And I and I and I say that because I really 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 don't like and notice usually when things get spoon feedy i don't like when movies tell you the rules of vampires just like i don't like when movies have vampires and then won't say the word vampire i don't yeah. like i don't like when when they stop everything in harry potter and tell you how things work i why uh, why why would they do that so it is so annoying. I mean, even lines where they're like how long have you been my brother People don't say, yeah. how long have you been my brother? That's an insane mm. thing that no one has ever said in real life. But yeah. they do a really good job of it. And so I think it's because they walked those lines really finely and still had a movie that they wanted to make that they made. It works. But Yeah, I think... I, it sorry, wasn't. I was going to say, but but just because the source material is very relevant and has very prescient themes doesn't mean it was a foregone conclusion that it would work. You know? No, I, I actually... I, I You know, my... When I finished the film... Uh, my, I did some tweets and my, one of my tweets, and actually the next day when you and I were talking about it, I tweeted about this, this notion that I had, which is like, I, I, th I think it was really, I thought it was really good, but for lots of different reasons, I feel like it could very easily be a commercial failure, mm -hmm. which like it, it, it is not, but I will say this, and I'm not trying to be like, you know, I, I got it right. Cause I, I think it was successful, but the, it is not successful the way you hear about like, and obviously we're still in the midst of you know, a hardcore pandemic here. So uh, it's like their success is different these days. But 
the it is not successful like this thing made five hundred million dollars in its first weekend. It it made enough to justify it another brought critical acclaim and big attention to HBO Max, which is a strategic win for the parent company. Which is <laughs> which is what they've been after. Which is what they've been after all along. And so kudos to them. And I think it's deserved in this in this case. But you know, it, I think people did like it. A lot of people watched it. I think a lot more people today are interested in the story of Dune than they were, you know, a week and a half ago. And that's that's great. It I don't think this is the kind of thing that generates a Star Wars level fandom. It just is like it is a dark story and I think what is most interesting and what I am excited about is that um Villeneuve seems to get uh the some of the most important things that this story is about. Like like and there's been a lot now listen, this book was written in 1965. Uh, if you if you if you look at it through the lens of 2021, there's you'll see a lot of stuff in the book where you're like, mm, I don't know, I don't know Frank Herbert. This is like pretty, <laughs> this is like pretty white guy writing about culture that he's not a part of, and it, you have to see a transposition of like imperial, you know, Western imperialism on uh, Eastern cultures and Eastern Eastern people, and and like there is obviously there's a storyline here that like the spice in in dune is you know representative obviously of oil and obviously of the wars that we've had these wars that we're talking about in the way that there is essentially this like massive galactic corporation that mines it on a planet of people who are oppressed is not a subtle you yes. know and to have a white uh, savior prince commit you know like it's very yeah, yeah. the 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 yeah it's very like very oh bad. yeah, white guy, a white guy wrote this in 1965. Yeah. That that said, you take it, you take it for what it is. It's an amazing series. There are sure there are issues. You go now, you might go. Well, I would have maybe didn't made, made different decisions about this. But there's still something really compelling about the the core story. But what is at the heart of it, and and what what this movie seems to be getting towards, is uh, that I mean, really, it is a to me. The thing that I thought was most mind blowing about reading these books and what kind of develops in it is obviously it's like a thrilling adventure where there's this like messiah type of character who comes along. And that does, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but like the the path that that Paul Atreides is on, unless they dramatically deviate in the second part of this story, is like he definitely is gonna become like a total like badass, you know, god emperor of Dune, as he's known in a later book. Um but 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 what it's really about is like politics and religion and and imperialism and uh and 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 frankly capitalism in a lot of ways like what they don't talk about in the movie is that Paul Atreides and his family are members of a thing called Chome which is a giant as I said, galactic corporation essentially or like conglomerate of corporations that are in the business of spice mining and control of spice, which is like uh, the quote unquote, the most precious resource in the, in the known universe. And, uh, and, you know, it's like a really interesting um, examination and excavation of, of what that looks like and what that means like in the real world. But it also is this interesting indictment of religion as a completely fabricated story that has been like, that has been used. And this to me is what's so interesting about what, what um, this new Dune is doing is that, the story, much of the story, and they say this a lot in the new movie, is that there has been like for thousands of years, there has been a story told that a Messiah will come and lead all of like humanity, 
including the Fremen, who are the native inhabitants of of Arrakis, to this like glorious you know future. But the but but that the concept of that Messiah is essentially planted there by this uh, by a group of of you know um, cosmic witches called the Bene Gesserit, and they've essentially been like genetically engineering a Messiah, but also planting stories of the coming of the Messiah on all of these in all these planets for thousands and thousands of years. So like. You know, when it happens, people are like, yes, this is what's supposed to happen, but it's all been completely fucking fabricated and engineered to make them feel that way. I think what's interesting is like, and what I, I believe that uh, Villeneuve is is toying with is this idea that, I mean, I it took me a second viewing to really appreciate, and by the way, spoilers for the movie if you haven't seen it, but it took me a, a second viewing to appreciate what he's doing with some of the... Paul has a lot of um, hallucinations on, on Arrakis. He's like high on spice and... Um, and is like seeing stuff. Mostly and Zendaya. <laughs> he's seeing Zendaya, as I think we all do when we're high on spice. Absolutely. And uh and uh and but like the things that he sees, and actually like he's asked this early in the movie if like the things that he if he can't, you know, often has visions of things that come true, and he's like, not exactly. And I think that what what the story here is that you know, this this messiah that they that the Benny Gesserit has engineered and the messiah that has been rumored is not who he is right it's mm-hmm. not that's he's not the manufactured endpoint of this larger construction and i think that's a really interesting thing to play with uh because it, it is where it goes in later books too like there is a lot more in that kind of idea of are you, you know sort of is he this thing that was created or is he something that is that is completely its own and what does that look like but um but anyhow it's fucking great because I, there hasn't been adult sci-fi to watch in so long and like i like everything is so to me is like so like I just I just I just can't it does not hold my attention I'm so like lacking in things that are truly interesting to me from a from an entertainment standpoint lately so and this has been a, a real breath of fresh air and, and I'm glad that I get to talk about uh you know a a topic that has been a passion point for me for many years and now everybody now everybody's like let's you know Explain the sandworm to me. Shai Halud, can you can we talk about can we talk about the water of life for a second? And anyhow, it's really exciting and uh, I'm looking forward to everybody just getting all fucked up with the second half of this because this first part was like pretty straightforward to be honest. Yeah, no, and, uh, people are, are gonna flock to the second one and, and there will be surprises. <laughs> I think that I think there's gonna be I think uh I think people are gonna, you know, there's a bunch of things also that I honestly hope that they uh, I hope that they. I hope they make more. I don't want them to just make a, a second one. Yeah. I what I want here's what I want. I want a four hour cut of the current film. Minimum four hours. Yeah, minimum. So it could be six if you want. And then I want a like a four hour cut of the second, and then I want them to do like Dune Messiah and Children of Dune. I mean, there's like. Most people consider the you know Frank Herbert wrote I think six books, and then his son started writing books after he died. Uh, most people basically discount this his son's books uh, as not being canon, and uh, I but I at least would love to see them do the the whole Frank Herbert part of it. But I, I don't know. I don't know if this this audience can sustain like six six hour um, movies. But I certainly can. Listen, and, if, if the content know. farms keep drying up at the pace that they have been, people might. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay, so look, so there's other, we have, there's a lot of other stuff we have to talk about, but I I there's another. I want to talk about another big 
big series that dropped this week, uh, which, and I know you want to talk about it too. Uh, it's, it's some, you know, it's, it's a, it's a work that we've all been waiting for, for a long time. Um, and it is something that I think just has uh, global appeal. I'm of course talking about um, the action button review. Yes, of Cyber- I was so the, pumped. The action button review of Cyberpunk 2077. That's Tim Rogers. If you don't know, he's who's got, in my opinion, the most ent- entertaining and interesting channel on YouTube, uh, known as Action Button. He also has a Patreon. You should go give him money. Um, he does these reviews. I think I've talked about it before. We've certainly talked about it before. Uh, I. I, he did a six-hour review of a game called Toki Meki Memorial, which I had never even heard of before. Now, and I've heard of a lot of shit. So I was like, what's this? And I was like, I'm not going to watch a six-hour review of Toki Meki Memorial. And you know what I did, actually? And I loved it. And um, he has done um, – I don't know how long the actual whole thing is. That's I want to call it, like, let's say 10 hours maybe? Um, eight I think, hours? I think it's I just know. below eight hours because of – uh, various well including the intro video i think we can get yeah we're, we're approaching 10 yeah it's like a nine and a half hours of 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 cyberpunk um review content and the way he did it was uh you know i don't want to spoil anything but he did it in like he basically was like i'm gonna do six reviews of this game from different perspectives of how you can review it and uh so each review it is kind of its own self-contained review of the game but also uh, I mean, he says to pick two of the reviews and watch those and then come to like the final part or whatever, but I did not follow his instructions. I'm watching them all straight through. And I just got to say, it's fucking a couple of things. One, it's so good and interesting and weird. Now, I mean, you've got to really want to, you got to really want to watch them and you've got to, you definitely have to care about Cyberpunk 2077 to some extent. Like, I, I very much thought John was not going to care for it. And then he sat down for one of the hours. <laughs> and he was yeah. like, this is great. I was like, yeah. He was Laura, like, I don't yeah. have time for it. But this is great. <laughs> Laura Laura watches it like she's doing other stuff, like doing other work stuff and like genealogy stuff. But, but she definitely is like paying attention. And I think as a person who she absolutely does not give a shit about Cyberpunk and definitely doesn't care about game reviews – uh, I think she quite enjoys them, and he's, you know, it, they're just such. We should have him come on the podcast. Actually, it just occurred to me he should come on and, and talk about his his project. But um, they're just such interesting, uh, so such like like there's so many little bits and pieces and and crevices and sort of like just his 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 sensibility about culture obviously gaming culture but the broader pop culture landscape is so interesting and the way he draws parallels between i mean the 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 game that he's talking about and the history of gaming and the the cultural forces that inform those things and like and also he just does it in this hilarious way that is just com- so compelling to listen to and i'm not I'm like I'm a fan of very few things. I think we've we've probably talked about this before. I've certainly throughout my career talked about how I don't get like the fanboy mentality. Like I like a certain computer or a or a phone or whatever. Like, but I never ever ever have felt like I need to like defend this brand or like stand up for this well, thing. Well, you're or tell, a fan, or, but you're not a stan. I love I love stuff. You go to the concert, but you're not like getting multiple ticket sets and doing meet and greets and like. Well, I mean, there's a but there's a few, around. but there's a few things in my life where I'm like I have catapulted beyond simply being a fan. Totally. Like J- John Carpenter is a person who I went. You know, I've seen him play live. His his plays music live, which is fucking awesome. Several times in their best best shows I've ever been to, in my opinion, and. Uh, uh, 
and I got like last time I got like the meet and greet package and got like autographs and stuff because I'm such a fucking fan of his entire body of work. It's very rare for me though. There's very few people that would fit into that category. You know, it's like John Carpenter, Tom Cruise, as you well know, uh, and then Tim Rogers. I mean, Tim Rogers, I'm like, I, I'm like, I just think he's so, uh, you know, it's funny because he's in our space. I mean, he's he's a critic. He's a he's a critic of video games. He is certainly in like he used to work at Kotaku. Um, he is certainly like in our world of like you know bloggers or media people or whatever. But but what he does to me is like just on a whole other level. Just a just a just a different. It just is a whole different headspace. But what's so interesting to me when I watch his stuff is is I'm constantly like. Oh my God, this guy's brain is broken in exactly the same way my brain is broken. Like he has a whole bit, he has a one of his cyberpunk reviews is about the graphics. It's just, it's like an hour and 20 minutes on just the graphics. Okay. And he talks about how often he is like switching the graphic settings. And I'm like, oh my God, dude. Like I thought I was the only person who does this. I mean, maybe it's very widespread, but he he's like you know every almost every scene i like would go into the graphics menu and try to like refine my settings to either get like a higher frame rate or better graphics quality or whatever for the particular setting and i do this constantly you know like i'm like such a tinkerer uh and i think it's like kind of like i mean laura and i have talked about this a lot like when i get a new game where you can create a character you know i'll sit for like forever trying to create like the perfect character like I, what i like to do is try to make the character look as, as much like me as possible like as much as i can i try to use the tool to create a character that looks exactly like me and like laura's like very gets very impatient like she likes to watch me play games you know but she'll she'll be like can you please just why do you care like what does it matter but i feel like it's this thing it's like i just want to have this like perfectly dialed in person representing totally. me in the game i, I do I, that but i make myself a little more idealized than real life and john on the other hand he's, he's never ever i don't even think his his maybe the me's that i made for him for like the login screen looked like him he always makes an actress that doesn't exist he makes a very yeah. interesting looking woman and she is the star of his game and he's like i just prefer to play as a woman and he's not a woman and he doesn't identify as a woman and he doesn't care to, but he likes to make an interesting looking woman. And so yeah. every time I play with it, it adds something to his game that is really real. That is not in my game because I'm only doing self inserts in every single game I play. Right, right, right. And I, and I, and I actually, um, and, and, and I do, I will say I, one of the things as I've been watching the cyberpunk review is, is obviously it's made me very excited to go back into cyberpunk. I, I'm on my, like, I'm continuing my playthrough. Like I've gotten one ending. He, there are, I mean, from what he describes, there are at least five endings and apparently some secret one, which I didn't even know about. I'm trying to like, you know, I'm worried about it being spoiled, but I'm like trying to, I would like to see all of them. This is a game. This is a game. I've never done this in my life where I just have played it and played it and played it and played it and just not stopped. And um, sort of actually I've been doing that a lot with Dying Light, the original Dying Light, which I picked back up last year and i find it to be almost almost endlessly entertaining um and you can just pick it up and play a little bit and then put it back down and it's sort of fun um but uh but i he he actually has a lot of playthroughs that he shows where he plays as the female v which i haven't done yet and uh so i'm gonna i want to do that he also is like 
you know, the corpo like storyline intro is like the best one. Of it, the, it is a hundred percent. Okay. Best don't one. no spoilers, but I really want to play. I want to play all of the, uh, different, you know, intro, uh, pieces and like there's so much of the game i haven't seen i mean there's stuff in his videos where i'm like what wait what part is this like i haven't seen this part so it's like one of those things it's like anyhow the game is so vast and there's so much going on and his reviews are so smart and funny and interesting and like honestly he goes into in in, in one of the reviews he goes into um some health problems that he had like sort of like from the from the from the crazy schedule that he had himself on doing these reviews and it really I mean, it's a really interesting kind of crazy story. And it made me think a lot about, you know, my sort of work ethic and my, um, you know, you know, he talks about crunch because crunch was a big topic about why cyberpunk ended up kind of as insane as it was when it was released. And, uh, it's just interesting. It's so good. Anyhow, I just highly, I cannot recommend it enough. It's, it's, I, people have been waiting for it. It's like been like 10 months since he said he was going to review it, you know, I, I think I have or maybe been paying for the Patreon at the high, 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 one of the high tiers, maybe not the highest for since it started. And I, I regularly go through my Patreon subs and like weed out things that I'm no longer looking at because it's not like Twitter where, you know, like it's coming out of my account. Um, yeah. And I never, I never turned it off because I was like, it's coming. I know it's coming. It could come in two years and it would be worth my support. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's just like, yeah, it's really good, and he's really good, and I just highly, I just highly encourage everybody to go check it out. And um, I'm working on a yeah. new thing, like low key, and I think a lot of times when I get really excited about a new project, I like the bigger projects I've done in my life. I I feel like there's you know inspiration comes from a million different sources, and certainly um, I wouldn't say what I'm doing is that similar to anything he's done, but I would say that his commitment to what he does and his complete. Um, confidence that if you don't and and this is something i truly have believed since i worked on the show difficult people because it was like our credo his confidence that like if you don't understand the reference then i'll explain it to you and if you still don't understand it you can google it but like i'm not i'm not dumbing this down i'm not making it shorter i'm not gonna be like i'm not revising it to make it worse to hopefully make it more palatable because yeah. if it's good you'll work you'll put in the work too you know what i mean and and it's better that you do it's, it's sometimes the best stuff that you watch is the stuff that requires a little bit out of you and i really i find his work very inspiring on that level of like it is exactly what he will set out to make and it is very honest seeming. Um, I mean, maybe the whole thing's, you know, maybe he's a complete storyteller and it's all a lie. Um, it's very honest. It's very, um, it's unashamed and very confident in its ideas. I mean, I do think his character on YouTube is a performance. Yeah, oh, totally. But, yes. You know, like, which which I think he, he basically kind of acknowledges in this in these videos. Uh, and... Um, but but I but I mean I think that that he is ge- he is the genuine article as they say uh, when it comes to um, uh, I mean how could, I, mean, I, how, I, could I, how could you be anything but I mean I should say not to be no, I, you know not to I'm not maybe I'm by I know him a bit like we, we had lunch and you know I've just spoken to him you know a little bit like on the internet and I you know I, I found him to be as fascinating to sit and talk to as he is watching you know maybe more so than I mean because we're it's a conversation but anyhow which is why I was like yeah we should we should have him on the podcast because it would be really fun and interesting and I think he has insight into games that are like just into the concept of of what video games are that are just on another level and also he's super funny and like I don't know there's very few things that I would there's very few things that I watch on YouTube for extended or on anything really for extended periods of time and his stuff is like um 
just always super interesting. And uh, I recommend you guys check it out. If you haven't, Tony, please, please check it out. Um, God, I'm just thinking about this. There's what's happened this week, and I just re- remembered the other. Yeah, I was gonna say if you want to talk some more about video games, I have a big topic we can talk about. I, I, let's talk. Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm um, ready. Facebook has changed its name to Meta, um, yeah. which it seems very much to be a calculated move that they've been planning as a nuclear option for the brand since 2019, um, as a response to the increased pressure and criticism on the company for its various ethical. Uh, uh, unethical actions and uh, uh, war crimes. Uh, and so they've, they did a big thing at Facebook connect where Mark went up there. He changed the name of the company to meta. Um, I don't know how I feel about that name yet, but it is better than Facebook. I mean, I, I just, if we can just be like real for a second, it, it's, it's a better name than Facebook yeah. for a company. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's not, I mean, I don't. That's not an that, endorsement of the. Thing. No, I'm not like I'm not like it's a cool move, but to me it is a it is a you can call it whatever the fuck you want. Like they call Google. I mean, and Google is Alphabet now. I guess sure for 99.9 percent of the people on the planet, they are going to call it Google, and it will always be Google. Yeah, it's Alphabet and, on paper. But this is a yeah. statement of the different than Google's you know fun tax shell games. Um, this is a statement that or Mark wants it to be a statement that the company is shifting its focus away from what it brands as social media, even though obviously that pays all the bills and is the most important thing that they do and pivoting its focus to creating what he calls the metaverse, which is um, an internet that is in 3d space and virtual reality that Facebook doesn't necessarily own and control because that sounds scary, but designs and conceives and you know, is one of the only corporations with any power over. Um, Well, yeah. And it's and it's like and also listen, it's I, a completely a fantasy at this stage. Like he's explaining what he would like this company to be, um, but it's not the company he works at, and it certainly doesn't exist yet. Yeah, and it's like and it's like I uh, the the what they're hoping, I believe, in the in the long run. Forget about the lofty, and we can talk about the lofty ideas of what the metaverse is, which I actually think meta the metaverse conceptually the metaverse concept is totally bunk. It is as bunk as like web people. You hear a lot of people talking about web three. Web three, which is all like crypto backed no, and crypto derived. Even like, if it's, even this if is, it was a good idea or a, or idea that could be brought into fruition, um, it, it like through force, through just the force of money, um, I don't think that it will work. It just the premise I, of, well, of everything looks like a corporate office space and like there's no sex. Well, I just and- <laughs> I just I just the whole just just to be just to get down to hold on just to the, before we even get into the the metaverse conceptually. It it is a marketing term for people in Silicon largely in Silicon Valley. Uh it is a uh thing to talk about that isn't how Facebook actually sucks and is horrible and 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 is is doing a lot of really bad uh just has created a really bad product that has a lot has cre- that has that has caused a lot of uh trouble in the world like for lots of different reasons in lots of different ways um it to me is like uh, when i make that web 3 comparison it's like it sounds good to people who have money and it sounds good to the stock market and that's great and i'm happy that they've found another thing to talk about that and everyone's been prepped right like ready player one was a very big hit movie and everyone's been prepped to think that this is the natural next step for technology although no there has been almost no mass adoption of vr there's no indication yes there's no indication at all that there is going to be and I, i do think vr will break through at some point i do think that it has 
huge potential, VR and AR and all this stuff. But the, 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 where we're at versus where they want to be is we're it talking like... It feels like, like 3D movies. Uh, a little bit like 3D movies. I think there's more there there than there were with 3D movies. But I still think like... So that's just like on this conception of the metaverse or whatever. But let's really talk about what meta is. Because the, the more important thing about meta and the thing that is uh, what they want, they really want, okay, Facebook wants to be, and by the way, I think that in some ways I'll say this, I like the idea of brands that are like, let us get out of the way. We want to be here to support and build other brands. Like, I, I, I think that frankly, the company we're at in the best case scenario, and I believe that they, that they think that most people think this is true as well, is kind of like, let's let people build brands here that people know like, oh, I go to this website and I love it and not try to be like, this is, you know, BDG or whatever, you know, like, I think like what, what, you know, what works at Vox, for instance, is like not, people aren't like, oh yeah, Vox, like I love, of course there's Vox.com, which is a brand. And frankly, we could talk about whether or not it was a good idea to call your news site Vox and your corporate site, your corporate company Vox, that's a whole story for another day. But but I will say, generally speaking, when people go read The Verge or when people read Polygon or when people read New York Magazine or when people read Eater or whatever the fuck, they're not like, I'm reading a Vox thing. They're like, I like this thing. This It has personality and it has character and it is something that I feel that I identify with, which is the best brands in the world. That's the way they operate. The best publications in the world. That's the way they operate. So Facebook really – Facebook is fa- – when you hear Facebook, you're like, oh, that's Facebook, Right. And all the Even trappings Instagram of Facebook. Instagram is alt Facebook. Well, it's like, you know, it says Facebook, you know, you know what, or like WhatsApp by Facebook or, or Instagram by Facebook. And you're like, okay, Facebook is this thing. It's the place where the white supremacists are. It's the place where my, my fucking old ass relatives are who suck. It's the thing that I get this shit weird fucking spam on. It's like the, they're, you know, I keep getting notifications. Like it's Facebook. It's so annoying. And they're like, what if we could do things? We could make a new thing. And it's like backed by a company called Meta that you've never heard of and you don't care about. And so you're just like, wow, I love this new TikTok or whatever it is because that's what they want. Because the, at the core of everything that Facebook is doing right now is an undeniable truth, okay? And this is the undeniable truth. And I really want everyone, every Tony, to think about it. Facebook is losing. They, they may have a lot of money right now. Their stock may be up 17%, whatever. They are losing the young audience that they need to stay relevant and to keep making money. They are becoming a product of 45, 55, 65-year-old, increasingly conservative people, certainly in the U.S. It is an uncool fucking demographic, okay? It is the Fox News demographic. That is increasingly who is interested in and on Facebook, okay? The reason they bought Instagram has panned out for them. They needed younger people to work, to be inside of a product that did not feel, look, or act like Facebook. That's why they bought Instagram. It's why they bought WhatsApp. They would have loved to buy TikTok, but they couldn't. Uh, And so now the idea here is, the truth about it is the core product is going is is failing. It's rotting. It is failing. It is rotting structurally. It is rotting philosophically. It is rot. It's like it is fucking as uncool as uncool can be. Okay, and that's not where you want to be, right? Like, in the same way that like Diet Coke is no longer a popular beverage, like 
young people kind of are like, that's not that cool, actually. And I, there's better shit I can drink. And actually, now that we know a lot about Diet I love Diet Coke. Don't get me wrong. But I'm old as fuck, you know? Um, but, like, they need to get back into the game. Because as long as they lose in this particular way, it doesn't matter how much they want to make the metaverse happen. By the way, no fucking young person is like, well, the metaverse will be cool if Facebook runs it. They don't think it's any cooler if Meta runs it. But if some new thing that they've never heard of before suddenly becomes cool, and it just so happens to be maybe started by or owned by this a company they don't really care about or don't think about, that might be okay. That might work, you know? Like, I don't know, you know, TikTok is owned by a Chinese company that nobody knows shit about. It's a massive company. Okay, or was I guess it still is? I don't know what the arrangement is now. And Trump like tried to break it up or something. I don't fucking know. But at any rate, like, and people are like, yeah, I don't care, whatever. I love. There's like, there's like half nude fucking teenagers on this. I, I like it, you know. Which is, I believe, basically much of the uh, TikTok audience is just like, there's half nude girls on it, so I'm gonna check it out. Um, the the not and by the way, you know, listen, everybody's got their thing. Um, uh, it's like AT and T made Dune. But I didn't think about AT&T when I bought a Dune ticket. Right. Exactly. And so so Facebook desperately wants to be not associated with Facebook. They want to be in the background, in the shadows. Collecting sucking data. Up, <laughs> sucking up your data and your time and your money and, set, and showing you advertisements and understanding you better to do the next thing that Getting they're going the to be. the spice melange. Yeah. You know um, – <laughs> And that's and that's their business. They make money off of you and your data and your attention. And if they don't have that, they can't make money. And so they're desperate. They're desperate. They'll do anything. And so Meta is not about the metaverse. It's not about Mark's fucking vision for the future. Mark doesn't have a vision for the future. Mark Zuckerberg is not a person who has a co- cogent, reasonable, interesting vision for the future. I honestly believe this is a dude more than any other person in history, perhaps, who's like right place, right time right people around him. I'm not saying he's not a good businessman. I'm not saying he can't run a business. I'm not saying he didn't have some ideas. I just like would, you know, I'm not betting on Mark Zuckerberg's vision of the future. I'm just not. I don't believe in it. I don't think he has it. Like, he's an interesting guy. He's not the person who I'm going to be like. I'm. By the way, uh, uh, so many of these people in Silicon Valley and so many of these startup people the fucking Andreessen Horowitz's of the world, Mark Andreessen will tell you his vision of the future is right. And, you know, all these, they don't fucking know. Yeah, Jack they don't Dorsey's know. whole thing. They have money. Thing. He's like, they have money. Yeah. You could do a lot. You could do a lot about the future if you've got money. That doesn't mean you actually know what the future is supposed to be. And in, in fact, and in fact, the fucking problem is that people with money who don't know what the future is supposed to be keep building things telling everybody else that this is what it is. And you end up with a shit pile like Facebook that doesn't work for people, that is actually fucking bad for humanity, that is as a service has been outmoded and outclassed in 10 different ways. But like it's because of the money and the power that is controlled by this this group of people, we keep acting like we have to pay attention to it, you know? And so like, and now they're just moving on to like, you know, we've, they're like, okay, so America, the American Facebook audience is getting older and whiter and more conservative and it's very fucking uncool. How do we salvage that? Elsewhere, they're, you know, moving into uh, developing countries, trying to become, you know, the de facto internet. And then at the core of all of it, if you go back, you want to go back to the metaverse concept for a second. I don't believe it's about at all Mark's vision of fucking virtual reality, you know, uh, 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 work, uh, workplaces 
Which is, you know, again, uh, it's fucking so such a boring vision. Um, I mean, it's a vision from a billionaire who works in a space age fucking tower. <laughs> like everything's yeah, like, white and made of marble. Like, wouldn't it be? Nobody has genitals. Great? <laughs> yeah, it's like right. Uh, uh, Corey Sika wrote a great piece on uh, on uh, for New York Magazine about like this vision of the the future where it's like there's no sex and it's like it is like. You know, Instagram's like a sexless. It's like people are like, I got to blur out these nipples because I don't want the... It's like so fucking childish. It's so stupid. And like, that is not the internet I'm interested in. It's not just about nudity or whatever. It's not just about porn. It's like this like safe space where nothing's too risky or nothing's too shocking. Or We wrote a piece about uh, furries and how they've created this tinier version of the metaverse in which they hang out and they come up with games to play. And it, it looks, it seems to be a great social space where everyone is treated with respect and it's, you know, managed by committee and everyone's creating their own, um, they're creating their own ideas of what the future could be, whether it's, you know, 3d art or whether it's recreating a place that you used to spend time with your friends and meeting up with them there or, and it's interesting and it's messy and it's weird and it's definitely not for everybody. And that was how the internet started. That's how all cool things starts. That's how punk music started. It wasn't supposed to be for everybody. You, you perfect what it is and then lots of people will see its appeal, but you can't reverse engineer if 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 Henry Ford had asked people what they wanted, he wouldn't have given them a car. He would have given them a, a mountain of ice cream because that's what people right. say they want. But people I think, don't. Is that the quote? Yes, that's the exact good. quote. <laughs> um. Uh. Right. And and the the yes. I mean, what, everything you're saying is true. And I just think, um, I do think if we want a better, more interesting future, whether it's online or offline, we have to somewhat make it ourselves. And I do feel like, um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's fucking, it's a boring, it's boring to some extent. Like, I'm so tired of this conversation about Facebook. I don't know. I don't know but, about you. But, but the only time I encounter none Facebook of this is. matters, right? Like, ultimately, yes, we don't really use a lot of their products. And ultimately, well, I use it's Instagram, a dis- but it's a distraction technique. I, I, I'll say this it is, yes. Well, yeah. In, in, I mean, you look, it's a double edged sword. I mean, you, it's a distraction, but also some of it is sometimes this stuff is really necessary. I think the pandemic last two years of having living in pandemic, a pandemic stricken world, uh, you see the utility and the value of technology that lets us connect to other people. That's great. The way we connect other people is fucking insane. It does not make any sense. It is not what anybody should be doing is not healthy. Like we are, we do not need to know all the things we need to know in real time. We do not need to say all of the things we need, we say in real time. And I say this as a person who's made a career out of saying things in real time, you know? Um, the And is that for everybody? Is it is everyone going to be a creator? Will we live in a world where like everybody's starring in their own weird little reality show with enough fans to support their rent? Like, I don't think so. <laughs> I think we are going through a, I think we're going through a moment and it is a moment that's going to change dramatically over the next, you know, five to 10 years. I think particularly like, Things that seemed really important during the pandemic will seem less and less important as we get out of it. And things that were that we used to value, I think, will seem much more valuable suddenly. But um, is the future of society that like you are an influencer as a career? No, I don't I don't believe that's the case. And I don't believe that everyone is a creator. I don't believe that we live in like an infinite creator 
economy where everybody given the time and and uh, attention necessary or the tools would become a fucking painter or whatever. That's and I not don't the think, case. I don't think that that is the world we should even aspire or want. Like, no. it's okay that some people just don't that some people don't want to make things or work or produce. Right. It's yes. fine. It is it's totally good. good. It's actually, it's, it would be amazing. It would be utopia if you got to just pick whatever you wanted and you didn't have to produce anything. Right. I mean, the great, listen, the great, I mean, there's this, uh, you know, on the in politics right now, there's a massive debate going on in our, in our government about like, creating programs like that have uh you know i don't know paid family leave so that when a when someone has a child they can spend a decent amount of time in the early days of raising that child to get them off the ground you know as a human uh instead of working and that we would support that because we want to we want to live in a place and in a world where children get the support and love and attention they need in the early days of their life and their parents don't have to have a gun to their head and, and like, you know, I'm trying to imagine a parent somewhere that's like, yeah, I don't want that. Like, oh, I'd like to go be forced to go back to work as quickly as possible. I can't think of a single parent that I know who would be like, yes, please let me do that. But, you know, we're in the middle of this huge debate in America about like, uh, you know, hey, handouts, you know, fucking newborn mothers being with their ch- newborn babies yeah. is a yeah, handout. They're like, it's a handout, right? We're like this big debate about what, who, you know. If we should, if we should support, you know, projects that that are good for everybody, like infrastructure projects or clean energy projects, we're kind of like, well, I don't know if the if the million one point eight million people in West Virginia don't have their coal mine, like, you know, I mean, we're in the dumbest fucking conversation ever in this country, and uh, and uh, and I cannot wait, I cannot wait till Joe Manchin dies. I'm not saying he should, but I'm looking forward to celebrating his death because he sucks. And uh, and Don't but worry. anyhow, but they'll that's like, install someone else. Don't yeah, worry. Right? No, but I mean, but we are we are like we are having some of the dumbest debates in the world. But like, there is this idea that we, you know, in America especially, but obviously everywhere, it is like your value, your existence is like your the value of your existence is predicated on like how much you can produce, whether it's creative or otherwise. Yeah, hustle it's like, culture, I, babies, it, anything. It's just yeah, about it's like, make more so that you can give it to the people who need it which is rich people and they'll decide what we do with all the stuff we're making and And it's it's not a great idea it's not and it's like frankly it's an it's like we're all living in such an unnatural i'm not saying we should all be fucking laying around doing whatever we want smoking weed all day but like i think we should have the opportunity to at least explore that as a life choice yes and why uh, it isn't good for and like and like i don't know yeah like i think i'm a person who in any situation, there's a point where I go, okay, I got to be doing something. And I think a lot of people are like that, whether it's a job or creativity Studies or show. whatever. Studies you show know? people will occupy their time in 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 fulfilling and productive ways, but not necessarily both of those things. And they're not but necessarily right. like both required of people. But, but, but certainly the vast majority of people, given unstructured time – Go on to do things that we would deem of value, but they have a much better quality of life. Yeah. So I, I just think it's like we have this – we're having this conversation in society about you know, where we're all headed or whatever. And I, I again, just getting back to Facebook and the metaverse, it's like I'm not saying that, that there will not be components of that and that Facebook or meta now will, won't be a part of it. But like I do think we need to, we need to evaluate like th- who's telling us what the future is supposed to be like. You know, like, I mean, I'm not saying nobody knows or nobody has an idea, right? But, but it's like, 
there there is a limit to how much they know and to what their idea is. And I think that if anybody has proven themselves a bad steward of like how to how to take you know where to steer the ship for the future, it is like Mark Zuckerberg and the people who he surrounded himself with at his um, at his at his company. And so he was so right yeah, that take- the future was Facebook for now. He was right when he made it, or when I guess it pivoted into being Facebook. He was correct to be like the future is connecting people, the future is data, the future is hundred percent. But he didn't realize what that future was beyond the fact that it would involve connecting people and data. And in fact, it's been really bad. It's been really, really bad with him at the wheel. And I think like we all need to look at the things that turned out good and the things that turned out bad. And I think Facebook turned out really bad, and email turned out pretty good. And I think we should look at how those things were developed and, and how they're used. And I, I don't think that Silicon Valley being way, super powerful means that they're correct. Right. And I think that I think it's it's uh, really important to, to point out that, um, yeah, I mean, I just think we're in a fleeting moment. You know, we're in a fl- we're in a moment where it's like it. we think you think it's like Facebook was actually I mean, to your point. You're like Facebook was right. But like, was it or was it again? Right place, right time, adoption of the internet, mobile internet, um, you know, other sort of competitors had faded out. Advertising in, in, was at a I total mean, you could say, crux. Right. You could say, but you could say, oh, well, this is all because of the Mark Zuckerberg made the right decision. He made the right calls or whatever. It's like, yeah, or possible he made the ones that seemed right at the time and those were right, but it's not like because he's a genius, but it's like right place, right time, right product. That's all true. And I'm not saying he's not, he's stupid, but like, it doesn't mean that he knows what is actually supposed to be happening right now or where it's actually supposed to be going. And also what it means is that we don't know because we got off on a fucking, we're on an off ramp to Facebook and we've been on this off ramp to Facebook for so long now for like a decade of like very popular use. Right. And it's like, what, where are we here? What is this? Like, what, what, what do we, what did, what are we in the place we're supposed to be? Or are we somewhere that we accidentally ended up, you know, like, were you reading a fucking map or did you just wing it? And like that to me is the kind of foundational problem I have with all of this stuff, which is like, uh, I don't believe we took the right exit, you know? And so here we are in this fucking town. We took the most lucrative exit exit. Not, I mean, I mean, not the one that served any other, any other need. It was the one that would make the most money. We got off a highway. We're in a town. It's pretty great. There's a lot of stuff in the town, but like, I'm kind of like, I think we need to get back on. Like, I think we need to keep going. We're not where we're meant to be. This isn't and a so, great town. It's a town that we stopped. It's a at. town. It's got all the stuff, but like, I don't know. This is where I want to spend the rest of my it's not life. The fucking Emerald City or your Kansas That's my, farm. Th- I think this. I think this metaphor is actually works very well. Like, this is not. I am in a pretty, a pretty interesting city, but it is not where I want to spend the rest of my life. And like, what if I get back on the road? And go find something else. And like what is out there, we don't know. And as long as you stay in this town, as long as you stay off the fucking highway, you're not going to find out. And is Facebook really the town you want to stay in? Do you really want – I mean we we do live in a world where every single product has been impacted by and has modeled itself after a handful of things that were held up as being like – like Facebook was truly said to be a perfect product. Like it was the future. It was was the biggest success story. It's one of five companies. But like it's sort of like the Disneyfication of things. It there were there was a huge in, level of innovation that Disney had on a few different topics, and we 
everything in American culture absorbed it. And it's okay to move on now and be like, all right, right we've gotten yeah. the benefit from this. I mean, I don't I, have to I live honestly, in a society that only has media from one company called but to Walt be Disney real, Company. But, but to be uh, – that's a great point because I actually feel – and maybe I'm wrong, but I actually feel the, the power of Disney waning in our current state. Uh, I agree. I, I feel I feel the whole Marvel thing is collapsing on this itself. Is a, I mean, this was a temporary to, extension of the state of affairs. That Marvel and a few other ideas were temporary extensions, but I really, truly believe that nothing will stop the power of technology to tear something like Disney apart or well, at least remake think, it in its image. Well, I, I, but I think it's like – I think it's uh, – I just think that people move on. There's a whole generation that's going to move on. Like I think that you cannot have the same thing – indefinitely you know madonna michael jackson and madonna will not be the biggest pop stars in the world for the rest of our lives even if we could I mean, resurrect they, them you know what i mean like <laughs> even if we could create the madonna of the 1980s and she's right. a robot and she will just perform forever and have new eras yeah. and new sounds yeah it still wouldn't work that's just i'm just not saying like madonna, madonna was an amazing pop star for a long time now if madonna puts out a record it's not going to be a number one hit it just isn't. And we've moved on. And and there's a lot of reasons why she has stayed in a place where she cannot get out of. We have moved on to a place that we are cannot come back from. And uh and that's like that's normal. That's what should happen. So Facebook is going to experience the same thing. I just what I want is I want people to be ready to see to like get to move on to the the whatever that thing is. And I, listen, I'm I'm uh, Facebook's rearranging you know, things in the town. What we need is to change, to leave the town. <laughs> yeah, Facebook's like Facebook's like you'll never want to leave once we're finished with this with this renovation. Yeah, you know, Facebook's like they're like have like, you heard we're okay. getting a Chili's? We got a no, Chili's. They're like, <laughs> they're like, listen, the town is great, but we think this town could be a, a a metropolis. Okay, that we can design, and all of the things that you'd want in any other town will be here. Okay, but just stick around for a little bit and let us build it, and it'll be great. It's like no, it's no. like that's. You got to fucking escape. So I'm not like, you know, quit Facebook, quit Facebook. Don't, I don't care. Like, doesn't matter. But like, but, but I do not, I'm not interested in a world where Facebook builds the future. I, I think so far what they build is fucking shit. And the thing they is, they didn't build, and to be clear, they didn't build Instagram and they've, they have not made it better. They didn't build not Oculus. Really. They did not build Oculus. They did not right. build Space VR. They did not create right. Beat Saber. They did not create yeah. Supernatural Fitness. All of the things that they are rolling up to say, like, we've WhatsApp. made the future. They didn't create WhatsApp. They didn't make any of that. Right. And so this, but this is, and this is the, this is their argument, actually. They're like, we might not make all of it. We might buy some of it. It's like, I don't need you to buy some of it. It can exist on its own. It doesn't have to fucking exist in your universe. You know, I'm so tired of like, I'm so exhausted by the, you know, Mark Zuckerberg talks about how, oh, being in other people's hardware, you know, it's been hard to do it. It's like, yeah, it's been hard because you don't control it all. Like what you'd like is total control. Yes. And what all of these companies, and again, we've talked about this a million times, what Apple wants and what Google wants and what Facebook wants and what Amazon wants is complete control of your digital life, of everything you do that they can touch, they want to touch. And it's like, I don't want that. You shouldn't want that. Meanwhile, it's not perfect, but Wikipedia 
doesn't have the problems that a lot of these other quote unquote thing like institutions that well. came up around the same time did. But email does not have the problems that Twitter has, even though email has a spam problem and and a, and a harassment problem. It's an open vector. It it's not the same because these companies have are are all working from the same philosophy and not to get on my giant communist soapbox, but they are profit driven and they live within the exact same confines of our system and it, we're we're recreating the same thing over and over again with different groups of people in different colors and calling them competitors but i don't believe that what facebook does is fundamentally that different than a couple other companies they think they're the most egregious sample example but when they absorb things i think a lot of people look at the only way to make money as a startup or the only way your superhero is any good is if marvel buys it and makes the movie the only way your startup is any good is if apple buys it and makes it part of the os we have to stop thinking like this like this yeah, is not well, I mean, this isn't even the premise of capitalism right like i mean yeah i mean well i mean it may be the end point of capitalism but uh but it's not but what the, they sold us on you know what i mean and Silicon Valley did not become Silicon Valley because a giant corporation like IBM stepped in and said, "No, this is what s social media." No, that, and that, and that, and that is, and that is the thing. And, and listen, how do you return to this point? Like, how do you get back there? But like, and I'm not saying it's got to be the little guy versus the big guy or whatever. But all of these, so many of these things were created to challenge an incumbent. Like to be like, hey, this thing that exists that I've been given and my whole life that I've been served. I mean. IBM is a great example. Like, I don't want your version of it. I want my own version. I want to have something better. I want something different, you know? And like, uh, the, the, listen, the, we, we, we talked to we're blue in the face about this, but like getting back to Facebook's meta rebranding, it's like, they can call themselves whatever they want. This, the thing to worry about is not the name change. And it is not actually the metaverse. The thing to worry about is what they can do from the shadows when you don't call them Facebook anymore. Yeah. And, and what Meta is allowed to do as a parent company that owns things like Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp, in my opinion, they should be regulated like a motherfucker. That's it. Like what we have, I mean, supposedly, is political power to say, no, we're not going to like let it. We're not just going to let it happen. There have to be some rules around this. You can't just, you can't just eat all of the things you want to eat and not have to pay for them. Like you can't just be this ever, uh, you know, ever growing, but you know, but, but forget about Facebook for a second. I mean, look at Amazon, you know? And, and I say this as a, as a happy Amazon customer who uses the product. I, I, they're too, they're fucking too big. Yeah. There's too much stuff. They're doing too much stuff. They have too much control. Like, Partially, you know, people talk about the supply chain right now. They talk about how you can't get diapers. And like, you know where you can get diapers? You can get them on Amazon. And the prices are higher, but they're readily available. And I can have them drop shipped here tomorrow. But like, they're available on Amazon because they're willing to pay a premium to make sure they're not available anywhere else. And like, you can't get them at your like local bodega right now. I mean, it's not you can't, but they're in shorter supply because they're in high supply somewhere where you have no control there's nobody has any control over it right it's like that's we got to rebalance like everything has to be rebalanced in in our in our in the way that we think about these things because um if we don't if we don't it's like you're we're fucked as a society we're just absolutely fucked and i don't think we are absolutely fucked but i i don't i don't want zelda to live in a world that is like the metaverse and amazon are the only things that speak you know it's yeah. fucking it's depressing.
Anyhow, all right, what else do we have to talk about here? We've we've certainly ranted about the meta meta and the metaverse for long enough. We oh, by really... the way, also one other thing. Sorry, uh, Facebook truly nailing the coffin, in my opinion, for like making like the metaverse being a cool thing that anybody wants. Like I, I like n- now that they're like, oh yeah, we're, we're we were interested in the metaverse. I'm like, Ugh, the last thing I'm interested in is the metaverse, as long as they have anything to do with it. You know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, this fucking made up idea that doesn't exist. Um, what were you gonna say? Uh, I was going to say the last topic that we had to discuss is one oh. that you added to the list. Um, and, Did I? And it's uh, certainly, I, you know, I, certainly a very different. I mean, we've talked about some big topics. Bit, is this the thing I dropped the other day? Yeah, it, the is. Bit, bit, yeah it is. Bit heater? Heat beat? Heat beat? Heat bit? Heat bit? Heat bit? Heat bit? Heat bit? Heat bit? Oh, hold on. Really quick. I was going to say, I got the new uh, the new Pixel. I think Ray's review will be going up soon. The Pixel 6. It's fine. Whatever. It's a phone. Who cares? It's fine. Um, that's my review. It's whatever. It's a. But it's at a least phone. it's whatever this time because the last one was. I, ooh, uh, uh, <laughs> no, it's a. It's a good. It's a really good phone for the price. Sure. But like, it's also a phone. It's a phone, and there are and there are many of them available, and they all do the same thing. None of them will change your life. Um, the, the heat bit. I only wanted to bring this up because it's funny. I mean, it's actually kind of in reference to. I just saw it yesterday. And I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Um, you know, there is a, there is an enormous amount. I do think the pandemic has like, it's really like fucked up our, you know, because we're not all out and we haven't been all out like interacting normally with each other and like with normal things. I think we've got a really skewed idea that like, like whatever people are talking about on the internet actually is life, you know, is real or whatever. Um, and so, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. I just think this is a great example. Like there are so many people who are like crypto, like crypto is the future, like crypto is this, crypto, crypto is that. It's like, it's like they're just so into crypto. But I mean, I, I'm sure there are, and I know there are, and I believe there are very practical, very reasonable, very good uses for the concept of crypto and cryptocurrency uh, and the blockchain. Heatbit is, is it one? I don't know. Heatbit is a is a heater, a small heater for your house. Uh it's a uh you know, it's it it's a it blows hot air. Which is a <laughs> it's a lot of me- hot air. <laughs> I think metaphorically I think metaphorically very good. Heatbit is a um product that generates heat by mining cryptocurrency. And then, and, and by the way, conceptually, this is actually is like, if you were like, I'm, I'm doing something that is like so intense, like a computation that is so intense that it generates an enormous amount of heat and I need to do something with it. There are actually, there are a lot of like larger scale proje- projects like this where people say, oh, we're going to do this, like where you have a, a you know server farm and the server farm produces an enormous amount of heat. And it's like, well, we can collect the heat and use that to heat the facility in like cold months or whatever. And it's like, oh, wow, that's fucking brilliant. A brilliant way to reuse energy, right? Yeah. To reuse energy that is otherwise lost. So Heatbit does that on a small scale. This is my understanding that it, that it mines Bitcoin. Okay. And as it mines, it is a, it is a full of, uh, I guess, CPUs. Uh, it's sil- full of silicon chips. They're, those are the heating element. They get so hot that the heat bit will then blow the air on you to warm your home. Now, I have to say, as far as a concept goes, you know, pretty interesting. It's just a fun idea, right? Like... 
I can make money off of my small heat, my desk heater or whatever. Like, I mean, I'm listening. Um, you know, let's see here. They have a calculation. Yeah. How long does it need to run to return on the investment? Well, they have a calculator. They have a calculator. Current price of Bitcoin is, uh, okay. Uh, average price of electricity in New York City is 14.34 Four cents. cents. Okay. Kilowatt hour. Okay. So price of electricity. So let me, here we go. I got it. 14 cents. And I run it for 24 hours a day for a year. You ready? Mm-hmm. At that rate, if I run it at all day long, hold on, let's just say if I run it like 12 guess? hours. Do you want me to guess that? No, 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 no. I want, this is good. This is good. Yeah, let's say I run it 12 hours a day, which nobody runs a heater for 12 hours a day, but it's real cold. Let's say it's real cold. It's really cold. At the current price of Bitcoin, by the way, if Bitcoin, let me see if Bitcoin drops to like 40,000. Which also, I just want to make a note of the one of the only things we don't need more of at the moment is heat on this planet, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, but but, okay, 14 cents. If you run it for a year, 12 hours a day, okay. The cost of your electricity is $797, presuming that that cost doesn't change, which it definitely does, and definitely will go up in the colder months. Yeah. And the earnings, you have earn you earn $855. So you make $58 oh just, for, just, for running, just for running your heater 12 hours a day, okay? <laughs> I don't think anybody can argue with that. Kind and of. who's How about got this? that? If you, run it, <laughs> if you run your heater for six hours a day, you make $29, a year. A year. It has to be all a year. year. How much how much is it? How much does it cost? Let me pre-order it. How much <laughs> is it? It's a thousand fucking dollars for the heater. It's one thousand US dollars just to get the heater, just to buy it. You're, you're out a thousand. So I just want to be clear. You made twenty nine dollars in the first year, but that's twenty nine. Do you have to take that? The, you're you're chipping away at your thousand dollar investment. And crypto so gets how many, harder and harder to mine, right? So. I just want to I just want to be clear. How many years do you have to own the heat bit to pay for it? Exponential. Let's say you. I just let's just sorry. I just want to run the numbers real quick again. I just want to look at this. Okay, I'm running it for one year. Let's say I'm running it twelve hours a day. Okay, I'm making fifty eight dollars a year. How long? What does it take? What am I talking about here, though? So I can pay the I can years. pay the heat I can pay the heat bit off in twenty years of twelve hour a day. Like these chips will even work in five years from just being <laughs> and burnt, again, just fucking crypto, burning hot all the time. Crypto gets harder and harder to mine. Anyhow, the shit this fucking <laughs> it's scam. I can tell you, it is it is it is it's a lot it of hot Christmas. air. <laughs> it is Christmas for scammers right now, folks. Yeah. Oh, it's it's it Christmas. Is, is it is fucking like it is there has never been a doper time to scam okay like you are you are in this is the greatest moment of all time to be a scammer i mean you could be any kind of scammer if you're a food scammer or a health scammer or a fucking you could cryptocurrency be scammer. A scammer a lot of the time too. i mean we haven't we haven't this ever really talked about aussie have we talked about did we talk about aussie we did we like a few weeks ago did but we? it's a great great fucking example aussie.com they like took like fucking like nine hundred million dollars or something in investment. They fucking literally have no nobody ever read Four them. Readers. They were like, they were like, they were like, we have fifty million unique visitors every month. They have like two hundred thousand. Okay, like <laughs> you just can fucking say anything now. It's so amazing. I like. I really wish that I had no like scruples. Scruples. I think it, about yeah, it all I, the time. I think, it would be so- and I have ideas for scams too. Yeah. If oh, I had, yeah. if I had, if I could sleep at night through some uh, sort of magic pill that had no long term effects, I would be ambient. so rich. I would be so rich. All you need is Ambien to be the man you want to be. Here's Fuck. the thing. 
I I just like it's like I used to think this when I made music. I was like, what if I just was like any melody that is just fucking no matter how cheesy, no matter how dumb, no matter how like done before. Uh, what if I just like was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Who cares? It would be so liberating. It must feel so great to just not give a shit if your shit's good, you know? Uh-huh. And I feel like it must be the same if you're a scammer. Like, it must be so liberating to be like Carlos Watson or whatever, to just fucking spew shit every room you're in, every person you talk to, every time you talk to them. You're just fucking talking total shit. You're just making things up all the time. Like, well, that must be dope. Again, I think this is a- the appeal of the Real Housewives. We just watch people do that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Quit trying to get me to watch The Real Housewives. I'm okay? not. I'm just saying it's fun. It is interesting to watch people who's fully who fully contribute nothing and yet listen, have reached Ryan. all of our production and all they talk about is hard work and hustle and it's great. Hey, listen, they, you know, you know, you, they may be grifting, but they're they're on they're in a lot of danger. They've been held up five times. Okay, gunpoint. <laughs> and I saw your tweets about this. I was like, what is Ryan talking about? I'm like, wow, this sounds bad. They're under constant threat. All right, we got I got to wrap up because there's literally a hamburger waiting for me that I want right. to eat. Give me a nice an impossible bag. burger waiting in the next room, Let's and I have go. to eat it. Uh, nice thing. It's fucking Halloween weekend. Zelda is going as a, a Pokemon trainer. Ash Ketchum, maybe you've heard of him. And uh, and she looks fucking great. And I'm excited about it. And I love Halloween. And there's a great trick-or-treating vibe over here in the burbs where I live. And there's gonna, we're going to go out and walk around. And it's going to be like the 80s. And there's going to be – it's going to be like Night of the Creeps. And there's going to be an alien invasion. And there's going to be zombies. And it's going to be fucking incredible. And I can't wait. I'm so jealous. Um, my nice thing is is Halloween. My nice uh, thing is a little farm all the way out on Long Island that um, if you're from Long Island, you know it. Everyone else might not. Uh, people say that it's worse than it used to be, but that's a lie. That's just Long Islanders trying it's to call them. It's called Trump Farms. It used to be better. It's called <laughs> Briamir Farms, and they make a pie. Wow. They make pies, and all their pies are Spawn good. Con. Spawn Con. And they, I bought a pie there this weekend, last weekend, <laughs> uh, that was an apple rhubarb pie, which I've never tried that combination of flavors, and it is delicious so my nice thing oh yeah is fall food nothing uh, compares fall to fall food. food yes i was just gonna say i was just gonna say like you know what fucking rips just the, the whole fall eating experience uh. like i don't even like food i don't even like food that much but i'm so psyched about thanksgiving man i can't fucking wait i know thanksgiving <laughs> is canceled or whatever i mean i know we're like thanksgiving's wrong but still i can't wait to have thanksgiving dinner i love i love the whole deal i love the everything about it fall food just kills pumpkin pie is so fucking good like it's the best. Cider is sick. Stuffing it's is incredible. just a pile of things you like squished oh into Oh my god. Mash. Oh my god. Stuffing stuffing is so good. I mean even like shit stuffing is the best. Like stovetop rules. Oh, Have you had it so recently? Good. It's it's delicious. No, it's great. I I recommend everybody eat a lot of food this fall. I think just go to town. Yep. Uh I've been I've been like ha- hardcore dieting just so I could just be an absolute maniac. I'm going to blow up like a Thanksgiving. Tick. Oh my god. I'm so excited about it. All right, let's get out of here. Bye. Bye. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. But just remember, a warning for you and your family. When you die in the metaverse, you die for real.